What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Hello. This is episode 73. This is the Super Bowl recap. Uh, we're also talking FCS football, UFC 258, and the Daytona 500. But first things first, the dust has settled, and goddamn Tom Brady has another Super Bowl ring. Seven rings. Um I'll be the first to admit that I was completely wrong. Uh, I was very big on the Chiefs. I bet a decent chunk on the Chiefs. Um, not as large of a bet as I wanted to place originally, luckily. Um, but, yeah, I did not see it going that way whatsoever, not even a little bit. I vastly overestimated. You could say I underestimated the Buccaneers' defensive line, but I don't think I did. I just vastly overestimated the Chiefs' ability to compensate for the loss of their tack, their left left tackle and right tackle, um, which, I mean, looking back on, is very stupid to think that they could. But that just shows how – I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's easy to It's easy to look back and say, damn, I shouldn't have done that. But that just shows how much faith I had in Mahomes. And to be honest, Mahomes was the only person on that team who showed up to play. Yeah. What were your, what were your takeaways? Obviously, you were on the uh, – the good side of the bet. So it went, it pretty much went how I thought it was going to go, other than um, I think Tampa Bay just had a little bit more success than I thought they would. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really, and we were even talking about so it. I didn't expect Tampa Bay to be able to run the ball that well. Yeah. and it, But <laughs> one of the things I was saying, I, I mentioned, um, obviously the pass rush was big for a lot of people who were taking – Tampa Bay, they pressured Mahomes a record 29 times. Yeah, he ran for like – he was scrambled for like 497 yards or something like that. Yeah, it was most, wild. Most in history. But um, the big thing here was um, like when I said if the Chiefs were going to have a chance to win this game, I thought that they were going to have to have success running the football. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they um, went to the run a little bit too late, you know. No, they yeah. tried to do it to open up the second half. But um, it's something that they should have emphasized going into that game that they were going to try to establish the run with. They knew how Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay was going to be playing them with the two high safeties. And uh, they had a little bit of success in the second half running it, but it, you, I, you I never know what would have happened I if tweeted, they would have done it in the first half. I tweeted it out. I was like, it's too late. You can't start running now. You should have started running an hour ago. And Clyde runs hard. I would at least gave him a chance to get going. Um, yeah, because it is like, like, let's say you, for the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a, real, a team that are one day going to have to realize that it's hard to run the ball when you have Patrick Mahomes, but it's something that can benefit you because obviously running the football neutralizes good pass rushes and running the football with, when you do have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you always have a chance to convert that third down, even if it's even if it's third and nine or third and eight yeah. after two runs. So, yeah, I thought that the the Chiefs, just, when I was looking at this game, I was like, they need to 
try to run the football to open up their offense. And uh, I just think that the, the game plan going in there was to get the ball outside to their playmakers. And like I thought would happen, the Tampa Bay linebackers were, were really good running sideline to sideline and, and stopping that. Oh, yeah, Devin White, you could have had you could have made a case for MVP. Yep. Um, which is exactly what we were talking about. He would, if he would have had – he got an interception, but it wasn't a scoring. It wasn't a pick six or anything. If he would have got a pick six out of it, he very well could have got the MVP award. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you got to run the ball because then you have so much more flexibility in your play calling because then the, if you're having success running, those safeties aren't going to be so far back. They're not going to be, uh, if they, they're going to have to stop the run if you're running it down their throat. And when they do play action, like I talked about, um, it's just, you got to give credit to Tampa's pass rush. You got to give credit to Todd Bowles. Really? I feel like we kind of laid out the blueprint on how to, how to contain this chief's offense, because if you look back at that game, he was making incredible throws. Like no, that's exactly what I said. What what, what was going to be one of the differences was that our pass rush is good, but it's not a, as athletic. Yeah, as, that's right. You did as say that. the as Tampa Bay's, and I thought that the athleticism of Tampa Bay's pass rush was going to be a, a difference maker in this one. Yeah, but yeah, the key the thing what you said with running the ball. Another key thing is is that it. When you're a defensive lineman, you have to play the run different mm-hmm. than you than you play the pass. If you know passes are coming, which at the you're pretty much after the game, yeah, you know you can take off Cam and Jordan's pass very, rush. Cam Jordan's very good at defending the run, and you'll see he kind of gets up and he's he's like good at shaking the guy. Whereas like he's he's keeping an eye on which hole is the running back trying to hit. Whereas if, yeah, if you're pass rushing, you just head down. Aaron Donald fucking running through people like or trying to swim move somebody. But yeah, no, I mean you, it's a way more. Um, you have to be more alert on on run defense, and it's like if an offense is mixing it up, then it can really slow down mm-hmm. that that pass rush, the start of it. You yeah, know? you don't know when you can pin your ears back and right. just, and just try to dive bomb the quarterback. Um, but yeah, I I got a I walked away from that game even more impressed with Patrick Mahomes than when I went into it. To be quite honest, though, yeah, you can't put it on him. I mean, that throw he made. When he got tripped up and was horrible. Yeah, that like was horrid. incredible. That was the best throw I've ever seen in my life. Well, I was like, when he threw it, I was like, that's going to be a tr- That's an, that I was like, no, trouble. I was like, that's going to be a pick. That's a pick. But so not only that, at first glance, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, that's a perfect spiral. He just, he's, he's fucking parallel to the ground. And he just threw a perfect spiral 40 yards. I was like, I, I challenge anybody to go out in their front yard and just one, just dive and not hurt yourself. Just, just completely lay out and not hurt yourself, and then try to throw a football more than ten yards. You'd like you'll probably end up hitting yourself in the face with the football. Like he put that thing on a rope from forty yards away, and it hits Daryl Williams square in the face mask. And he had a throw; it wasn't it wasn't getting dragged down, but the first drive, maybe the second drive, um, on the money, it, it was kind of a little throw up there and hope. At least you think, but with him, there doesn't seem to be really any any prayers. Uh, hits Tyree Kill directly in the face. Uh, the DB might have kind of got a finger on it, but it still hits him right in the face. He catches that completely different ball game, in my opinion. If yeah. they if they come out and go seven nothing, then it changes everything. Um, doesn't mean the outcome would be different. I and another thing <laughs> that we didn't touch on: the officiating was fucking horrendous in the first half absolutely horrendous i texted you and i said even if it was called fairly both ways i don't think it would make a difference tampa's pass rush is too much um but still i hate that's the thing i hate 
There's nothing I hate more than when officials have an influence on the outcome of the game in any form or fashion. Um, I felt like they gave him two touchdowns. I didn't see him line up offsides on the on the offsides on the field goal. The angle they showed wasn't even down. Yeah, the line. it wasn't a good angle, but uh, it did look like the it was Kurt. Like, there was another guy who looked farther offside. Yeah, it, he did, but yeah, I mean they could have got the number wrong or something, but it did and look yeah, like it maybe was so maybe that the so. line was a little because you know the field goal kicker, the field goal kicking team, their line curves a little bit. Yeah, you know for the protection, and it looked like the def, the defense was aligning themselves towards that a little bit too much and that they were probably in front of the ball. But, yeah, that that was a crucial Well, they end up going down and scoring. Game, a yeah. T- yeah, they go score a touchdown. But then so right before half, that they throw the deep ball to Mike Evans' left sideline. Their, their feet get clipped. He clipped his feet first. Yeah. His hand may graze his foot, but Mike Evans took a dive. Mike Evans gave himself up. Yeah, no. And that I ball agree. was not catchable in my opinion. Everybody keeps saying, well, you got to give him the chance. But what if he lays out? If he lays out five yards and extends and catches that ball, then that's one of the best catches I've ever seen. Because I don't think there's any way he's getting that ball. And if you just give yourself up, I, that's a no call to me. You can't do that. And then the then the second one with Tyron Matthew, that ball was completely uncatchable. Mm-hmm. By rule, if the ball is uncatchable, there's no pass interference on the play. I felt like I felt like um, I don't even know who the receiver was, if it was Gronk or if it was Brait, one of them. I felt like he engaged with Matthew. Um, I mean, regardless, it, I mean, it's beating a dead horse at this point. But uh, like I said, I think Tampa would have won even if it was called fairly on both sides, but we don't know. I wish it would have been called fairly on both sides. I felt like, and you said the same thing, um, Tampa was getting away with things that Kansas City was not, and it was glaringly obvious. Terry McCauley, the ex-head of officiating, I was looking at his Twitter page, and he was saying how it's very rare that you see um, calls not consistent with the regular season in the Super Bowl. Well, They were letting things go in the regular season, and then when the Super Bowl... But but it's not that they were just letting things... Or weren't letting it go in the Super Bowl. They were only letting it go for Tampa. Yeah, so... Kelsey was getting mauled. Yeah, Tampa Bay was... Which I expected it to be like this, where Tampa Bay... You saw them have success against us with it first in the playoffs after they kind of had a subpar performance against Washington. They were playing a lot of press mm-hmm. and uh, getting hands on, on our receivers, and then they did it against Green Bay, and I expected them to try to do it against the Chiefs, and they did. But the only thing here is, like, it seemed like that they were – the officials were more lenient towards Tampa Bay as far as holding is think, concerned. I don't even think it seemed like. I think they were 100% because they had three holding calls where not one jersey was grabbed. They were, they were just playing physical. Yeah, it was just hands-on – both guys there was no grabbing there was no grabbing though but if you make it to where the db can't even make contact with the receiver that's why i said then hand him the trophy it's over you can't you can't play defense like that that's the hardest job in football is to play cornerback if Mm -hmm. they're going to call ticky tack fouls like that in my opinion it was frustrating it was really frustrating but but they they negated a tyron matthew interception that's what we were talking about earlier they negated an interception for a holding call that wasn't holding yeah that's huge they probably, I could be wrong, but they go down and get points on that play. That might have been the field goal and then the offsides. Like the officiating had a huge impact on that first half. The second half, not as much. They start, they, but, and it, it's just interesting that the calls just magically stop in the second half. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the game was kind of the way it was being played 
was um, it's like the game felt kind of over at halftime, especially if the Chiefs didn't go and get a touchdown to start. But if they don't give them that touchdown at the end, then they can go – the Chiefs can then go score to tie it up at the first half. They're down eight going into halftime. Completely different game. Yeah. I mean, and a thing we didn't mention for the last podcast, but I noticed it after, was that the Chiefs' defense ranked 32nd in the regular season in the red Red zone. zone. Yeah. And obviously Tampa Bay has a a top 10 defense in the red zone, and plus all the offensive threats they have on offense for red zone. I mean, that kind of was another difference. You could look at it that way where Tampa Bay was able to score when they got into the red area and the Chiefs kind of struggled down there. No, they did. Tampa's defense in the red zone stepped up big time. Um, I mean, they had, what, they have three field goals? And they were in the red zone each time. Yeah, because the Chiefs were able to move the ball at times. They they hit a 52-yard field goal. But, um, But like, once they got close, it was just like. Yeah, they got stonewalled. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, the way you broke it down is exactly how it happened. Because, I mean, Tom Brady did not light it up. Tom Brady had, I think, 199 passing yards. Yeah, I maybe think, maybe yeah. right over 200, yeah, 209 or something, but I mean I didn't a even, lot of them I came even, in the first half. I didn't even think it was that much. Um but no, I mean he converted on the third downs, didn't give him the ball back really. Um and let his let his playmakers um make plays for him. So, let's see. Tom Brady had 201 yards. Only sacked one time. Three touchdowns, no picks, 21 to 29. Took care of the ball. Wasn't gunslinging. It didn't light up the scoreboard by any means, but he didn't have to. Once you jump out to that early lead, he played well enough in the first half that they could do exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo did not do last year, and that was ice the game, put it away. Um, I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes running for his life like that. Nobody stepped up to play. Kelsey was dropping balls. Tyree Kill was dropping balls. Everybody was. Nobody stepped up to play. Uh, I felt like Tyron Matthews showed up a little bit. Um but, I mean, really, you can't even necessarily say that. The defense looked terrible. The defense looked awful. Blown coverages in the Super Bowl. I mean, like, how does that happen? How are you, how are you blowing coverages in the Super Bowl? Yeah. And then, like like I said earlier, them a lot. Tampa wasn't a good team really running it all season. No. But they, they knew that they had to commit to it to be successful. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was surprised by how much success they had running it. Yeah, I agree. In the Super Bowl. No, like I said, I I'll, I can own it whenever I make a bad pick. Um, I didn't see the game going that way. I did not. But it is what it is. That's why it's gambling. Um, but so let's see. Our update, because we didn't do records last week. Um, so throughout the playoffs, um, yeah, because we didn't, we didn't bet the Saints game. So throughout the playoffs, I went three and four. Nick, yeah, well, that's that, that's excluding the first weekend. Right, 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 because we had already added that. So, yeah, from, so, I have, so from divisional, that's not wild card weekend. That's uh, divisional round, conference championships, and Super Bowl. I went um, three and four. We had the Rams plus six and a half, Bills minus two, Chiefs minus ten um, for that divisional round. Uh, so we went one and two, and then conference championships, I had um, Chiefs over the Bills. They covered. I had the Packers. Obviously, they didn't. Um, and then I had Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know how that went. And then I had the under. We both had the under. Um, under was a good bet, without a doubt. Um, Nick went 5-2. and two. He also was on the Rams um, and Chiefs, just like I was. So we were both 1-2 and two for 
what was that divisional rounds conference championships you got both right chiefs and bucks and then um super bowl he got bucks and the under so uh combined record or individual records a piece that brings me to we should have definitely did this before so i'm doing yeah i have mine oh do you yeah what are you yeah so for the whole nfl season i went 44 and 28 and won that's pretty good yeah 61 percent very good Uh, yeah no that's very good i went 40 what 44 and 41 and three yeah 44 41 and three um not as good as nicks obviously but it's in the green and that's the only thing that matters combined i'm not even going to attempt to do it um (laughs) but well over 10 games above 500 if i had to ballpark it which we'll give you we can put out the exact statistics on um twitter uh i would say let's i mean fuck it we'll just do it real quick god damn it um Actually, no, I'm not. Yeah, we got too many conflicting games. We're 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 around we're around fifty five forty five. So I'll get we'll put out the exact record on Twitter, just uh so everybody knows. Yeah, and like I tracked all my like all my um games. So like through the playoffs, I went seven and five, and on Thursday night football, which we do all those picks. Mm-hmm. Some of them got canceled this year, and then at, at the end, I think they stopped doing them. Yeah. So I went eight and five on Thursday night football, but on Sunday night and Monday night football, I um went five hundred. I went four and four on Sunday night and three and three. On I wonder Monday what night. I I got to go back and look. I wonder what I did on Thursday night. because I mean I I like to track that type of stuff just to see because a lot of people need bets on yeah. Sunday night or Monday night. Yep. To um, it it ends up telling them how they did that week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd like to be able to do a little bit better than than that. Yeah. No, I need to go back and look because I remember the first year, a year ago when we did the podcast, I was on fire for like a 10-week stretch on Thursday. It was like my calling card. Um, but, yeah, so that wraps up an NFL season, um, another profitable NFL season of Big Easy Bets. Um, we were on the wrong side of the Super Bowl, but that brings us both now to one and one in Super Bowls. So hopefully the fucking Chiefs aren't there next year. Um, all right, let's see. So – when NFL ends, college football, um, FBS ends, we've got FCS football. So how are you feeling about <laughs> FCS football? I don't know. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, we didn't even talk about props. Yeah, yeah, we can we can talk about those. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I got – I'll start it off with the um, – The national we anthem. We had the national anthem, and if you got to bet it early, you got to get the money, I guess, but if you – yeah, um, so Barstool Sports leaked a video of a guy outside the stadium, which incredible move by this guy, but they were practicing the national anthem like cuz obviously they're going to practice it before they're on the field like the day before practicing it. Well, this guy's outside the stadium and he video self videotapes himself pulling up the stopwatch on his phone and he's clocking it. So obviously everybody knew at that point uh the over was a lock. So if you got your bet in before if you listened to the podcast and when we gave it out and you locked in the over uh, of the national anthem, then you were very happy. You were kicking back. You didn't even have to sweat it. You knew it was going over. Uh, but once that video got leaked, a lot of books pulled it off. You were no longer able to bet it. Um, but if you already got it in, I'm pretty sure, I mean, they honored ours. So I figured they're going to they're gonna honor that bet uh, for everybody if you already put it in. But easiest bet of the night. 
you said you you checked it as soon as we got off the podcast. Yeah, I, I already checked it off before we even got. <laughs> I was like, two people doing it. That was my main point: was that two people are doing it, then it's gonna go. It, they're gonna have a little bit of a uh, battle duet type thing. Yep. But I got both the coin toss wrong because it landed heads and the Chiefs won the toss. So, so I had tails, and I thought that the team that won the toss was gonna win a game. I don't remember. Did I say I was taking tails? I don't know. I don't think I did. I may have just asked you because you said it never fails. I'm going to be honest. I took heads. Um, pretty much the highlight of my night. Um, <laughs> off to a great start. But, no, honestly, in all seriousness, I want to talk about how I broke down um, who to receive the kick. I felt like that worked to fucking perfection. So I said the last two games Tampa has elected to receive. In the last two years, the Chiefs have elected to defer every single time. Chiefs win the coin toss, and they defer. So I said I would consider betting on, because of that, almost a guarantee that Tampa is going to receive. I would bet on Tampa to punt first, which they did, and I would bet on Godwin plus 115 to get a catch before Travis Kelsey, which he did. If you listen to that whole scenario and you bet it just like that, I mean, it was easy money, easiest money of the night. So I was very happy to see that uh, play out the way that I expected it to. Um but yeah, no, I felt like that was a lock of if you because you can pick who who to receive. Yeah, well, right, right when it landed heads, uh-huh. I was like shit. But I was like, I knew the Chiefs had. Um, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was like, oh well, I'm screwed from the jump. Yeah, and I was like, because I had the Bucks winning. And the Chiefs won the toss, but also had whoever won the toss to win. Yeah. And then I had tails as well, and it landed heads. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Bad start. Uh, no, I mean, we got to give credit to Zach, too, because we had him on last week, and he said Rob Gronkowski was going to catch the first touchdown. I didn't think there was a snowball's chance in hell of that happening with all the weapons that they have, and Gronk hadn't done shit all year. But lo and behold, Rob Gronkowski gets a little, I don't know what you'll call it, tight end screen. I don't even know what you. Yeah, call it was it. like a, yeah, a little flat route, like three yards out. Story of Tom Brady's uh, season this year. He loves to throw the little two yard slant routes to Michael Thomas. He's very good three yards and in, um, almost automatic. You would say. Well, Gronk cashes in plus fourteen hundred first touchdown. Then he follows it up with another touchdown, which was Brady's best throw of the night, in my opinion, a, a fucking a dart. Um, but so yeah, got to give credit to Zach there because I didn't see that happening. It's not who I didn't I didn't take. It. Yeah, dude. Um, Brady said before the game that he was going to be throwing it to Gronk a lot. Did he? Yeah. He just said. He just, yeah, I was like, oh, that means he's not going to be throwing it to Gronk a lot. He's <laughs> somebody else. He's tricking Tyron Matthew. Jesus Christ. Um, and then also too, got to give credit to Joseph because taking an absolute shot in the dark due to the color of his eyes, he bet blue Gatorade to be the color that they douse Bruce Arians or the winning coach with um and Bruce Arians got doused in blue Gatorade I couldn't believe it and not only that they didn't show it like you had to go back and like I had to find a fans video on Twitter um somebody that was at the game videoing it like you they didn't show it on the broadcast and everybody's on Twitter going ballistic like what color was it like freaking out Mm -hmm. and then I find it and I see blue I texted Joseph I said guess what he said oh what I said it was blue he said oh my god um but, yeah, unorthodox approach to just bet your eye color or the color of Gatorade, but it pays off this time uh, plus 800, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if the Gatorade's brown, something's wrong, so I'd never win that bet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, no, I, uh, what, what was the, they said every year the Patriots win, they always use blue Gatorade. Well, there was a lot of times where they missed them, but yeah, they used blue maybe once or twice. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought that was like the thing was they use blue Gatorade and that's what we were saying. Like Tom Brady and pulling. Yeah. I thought clear had the best, um, chances because it's like historically it's been used a lot i thought i thought red behind orange chiefs are red bucks have red let's keep it consistent with the team let's let's flash the team colors Mm -hmm. but maybe they're not we wouldn't use red because they're too the chiefs are nothing but red Mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't know we got that wrong um i had a prop on tyron matthew to get an interception um he did and then it got negated due to some bullshit. Um, but all in all, I, I made money in the prop department for sure. Um, just not on the game. Yeah. So on the night, I did not make money at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So now we can transition to um, FCS football, which we are going to, or I'm going to, I don't know about you. I'm sure you as well. I'm going to like dip my toe in. I am not diving into FCS football. Yeah, it depends on, you know, how consistent everything goes. I mean, there's a lot of question marks about this stuff. And I'm not sure about it. I don't know much about um the season and how it's gonna play out. But yeah. I mean if the if teams are playing and I can get a understanding of what teams are good, obviously, and yeah, which teams are bads. Do, and then expect. If the same teams are playing every weekend, then I have a good – I have a uh, – I feel good about it. But, I mean, if it's like one of those seasons where it's like a lot of new teams playing every weekend, then it's, obviously it's going to be harder because you got to guess more. Yeah. I mean, do you even want to attempt a guess on McNeese and Tarleton this weekend or you want to just see what it looks like, get your eyes on it? I mean, I'm a um, – I'm going to go with one of them. It's McNeese. Yeah. Okay. So you're not taking Tarleton. Well, Tarleton, generally a good football team. 11-1 and one last year. Were they really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But they got to replace a lot of players. Uh, their quarterback was really good. He's gone. Both of these teams really do have um, a little bit of holes to fill, but I feel like McNeese, they're returning uh, – Cody Ogeron at quarterback from Mandeville, Louisiana, where we reside and live yeah. and we, we're from now. Do everything here. Um and he's also the coach of Ed or I mean the coach. He's also the son of head coach Ed Orgeron. Yeah, so you gotta go with him and then uh if y'all know anything about me, I'm a big fan of Frank Wilson, former uh, recruiting coordinator at LSU and, and running backs coach. Was he the one who went to UTSA? Yeah, I used to always been on UTSA because of him. Uh he's now with McNeese. Interesting. So, um, oh, but both of these teams have holes to fill. I think that it's a little bit safer bet to go with McNeese because they're returning their quarterback, and then you get a guy like Frank Wilson who's going to have his guys motivated to play. He's the UX, he's the defensive coordinator, the offense. I'm uh, the head coach. Oh, Frank Wilson's the head coach. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you talked about like all, a lot of LSU players are big on. Former LSU players, like Tyron Matthew being one of them, is like big fans of Frank Wilson. Yeah, they so, um, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of McNeese's motivation given. for McNeese this year. Mc, uh, McNeese is given two and a half, right? Yeah. So I'm going to take McNeese giving up two and a half points. I'm going to uh, take him. I'll take him as well. Um, take these 
take these FCS picks with a grain of salt, especially to start. Um, we are we are transitioning to which, if you were a follower of the podcast last year, then you know this year we are transi- transitioning into the uh, the dead months. This is this is essentially our off season as well. But last year we had XFL football to keep it going, which obviously got shut down midway through. But then they got saved by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, but this year we have FCS. Um, when March Madness rolls around, when the conference uh, championships roll around for college basketball, um, we'll definitely be able to give our picks out for there. We bet I bet college basketball every single day of my life. Uh, my blood pressure suffers because of it, but it's not like we're not betting. It's just it. There's games every day. We do a weekly podcast. It's the spreads don't really come out um, until the day of, so it's hard to give out picks for college basketball on a podcast. But if you have anybody. Um, if you have any team that you specifically want to ask a question about, see which side we're leaning, by all means, uh, you can message us on Twitter uh, at Big Easy Bets. So, I mean, there's more, there's there's things on the horizon that we're going to be. Yeah, my TV remotes suffer because uh, <laughs> I was betting college basketball, you know, if a freaking shit goes bad, I start hitting it on my head. well you can just you can just never feel um safe i don't feel safe with a 15 in the second half and you're like you're just biting something i'm chewing on water bottles you should see the the caps of these water bottles i mean it's it's a terrible thing it's like yeah i'll have teams i had a team the other night they had to win by two they were up 18 in the second half and they blow it i'm like what are we doing how do you how is that even possible but it happens all the fucking time. So, but no, March Madness, everybody knows by this point, March Madness is without a doubt my favorite time of the year. There's nothing I enjoy more. Um, and we're going to be at one of the sports books on the Gulf Coast betting the games all day, every day. So, um, like I said, if you got any questions about a college basketball game uh, right now that we don't touch on, obviously, uh, feel free to message us and I'll give you my my honest opinion on it, Nick, as well. Um but yeah, when conference championships roll around and obviously the big tournament, it's going to be the main focal point of the podcast. Uh, but until then, we're going to fill in the days with FCS football. God help us. And then uh, we also have UFC 258 this week, this weekend on Saturday. Uh, it's uh, Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, let's talk about that because that's going to be an incredible fight. Gilbert Burns, we haven't seen him since he destroyed Woodley, right? Yeah, and they were... This fight was supposed to happen a while back last year, but uh, I think Burns he had to pull tested out. positive for the COVID. That's what it was. That's what it was. That was like at the kind of and then George Masvidal filled in. Right. That was right in the middle of it. Um, I remember that was that that had to be like June or July. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, is there going to be some layoff? Is there going to be some rust with Gilbert Burns? We just saw Conor McGregor. After Poirier uh, knocked him out, McGregor was saying, "Like you get, you got to stay active in this sport." So, will there be some uh, some ring rust from Gilbert Burns? I don't think so. I like Gilbert Burns a lot, but Kamaru Usman, it's a different dude. Yeah, he's decent. He's decent. Yeah. You the t- biggest thing with Usman is that he's big and well, strong. The biggest thing with Usman is, and I've said it. Who was what was the last fight? We were on opposite sides of it. You took some. Possibly don't. Yeah, you took Masvidal. Um, the thing with Usman, one, his striking seems to continuously improve, 
But if he's ever getting pieced up, he just goes to the ground. That that wrestling is a security blanket. Yeah. He's got smothering wrestling. Like, not on the level of Khabib, but not far behind, in my opinion. He's got a five-inch reach advantage. I mean, three-inch height advantage. I'm, I got to go with Usman. I can't take Burns. I like Gilbert Burns a lot. He he showed me fucking a lot with what he did to uh, Tyron Woodley. Yeah. I take it you're taking Gilbert Burns. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is like when I... What, so, are, what are the odds real quick? Well, Woodley's a big... I mean... Usman's a big favorite? Usman's a big favorite, uh, minus 270. So you're getting plus 220 with Gilbert Burns. For that purpose right there, I'd put something on Burns probably. Yeah, and that's what I think. Like, we're kind of, I don't bet UFC that much, but I've been thinking about, like, you know, what I would bet. And, like, for example, the Conor McGregor fight, those odds. It's like looking at that fight, yeah, I thought McGregor would win, but I thought the odds were a little bit lopsided. Yeah. So it's like you got to kind of judge on who you think's going to win, but you don't want to risk too much on, on somebody that's, um, you just gotta, that you think it could be a closer fight. You got a way risk to reward ratio. Yeah, like, so I is guess it worth it risking that much. Yeah, and especially in a sport where anything can happen, anything can happen. So, um, yeah, just because of the odds here, it's like I'm gonna go with Burns, but it's not because I think that he has a. Uh, I think he has a chance to win. Yeah, but I I do think Usman will probably win this fight because of his strength and size. But I think Burns will definitely have an advantage um, probably stri- in the striking department. And then if it does go to the ground, obviously Gilbert Burns is one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners, so he yeah. will have a chance to submit him. I think the game plan for um, for Usman has to be to, like, obviously control the pace of the fight and uh, p- apply pressure and try not to maybe – take down Burns as much, mm-hmm. as much, but maybe work some clinch game against the fence and stuff like that. It's going back to those foot stomps. Yeah, where, where I mean, he's done it to people before and he's had success, but I, I do think that Gilbert Burns, if he does get to the ground, it's not a, it's not a bad thing for, for Burns mm-hmm. because obviously he's crafty down there. He can submit anyone from the bottom, or if he gets on top, he can also submit from that position as well. So, I mean, yeah, I do think that Burns is going to have an advantage in the speed department, just like I thought Masvidal would against, um, I think that Burns is a slight more explosive guy, but obviously he's a undersized. So I mean, that's why Usman's yeah. got got the, the heavy favorite. the odds. Yeah, no, I mean for just just the odds alone. Like I said, Gilbert Burns is very dangerous, extremely dangerous. Um, if if I had to fucking, I mean, in both guys' cardio's gonna be if i had to bet a million dollars on who i thought was gonna win then it would be usman but i'm not i don't have a million dollars yet um but until then i'll sprinkle a little bit on gilbert burns plus 220 you gotta weigh the risk risk to reward it's not about you're trying to make money you gotta risk too much with usman to make a little where you can risk a little to make a decent chunk yeah it's like when you're when you're betting these type of like let's say you're gonna bet every ufc fight Sometimes you're gonna have to bet against somebody that you think might lose. Like yeah. uh, some, you'll bet against somebody you think's gonna win because you know the other person has a better has a better chance than their odds are saying yeah, that definitely. they're gonna. Yeah, so you're looking for value. That's on your the picks. game you're playing. 
You're looking for value on your bets, 100%. I agree. Like That's why I bring up the Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier fight. Like If I had a bet that I was considering taking McGregor, I didn't end up betting it at all, but I was just like, you're laying way too much yeah. in this fight for a Dustin Poirier, who's a, well, everyone knows now that he's a seriously good fighter, but even before, if you just looked at the resume, I mean, he almost had Khabib in the guillotine. Yeah, he he he. he finished i don't know if he finished but he got it by decision with max holloway um he's beaten some top knocked out top gaichi yeah yeah he's beaten some top tier fighters legit those odds were way off in my opinion yeah that's the conor mcgregor effect um but yeah no you're looking for the best the best risk to reward ratio the best value pick gilbert burns is no slouch gilbert burns could go in there and he could mess usman up there's a decent chance of that so if you're getting plus two twenty odds, I mean you got to take that. In my opinion, I didn't know the odds were that uh, significantly. I didn't know he was over over plus two hundred. I wouldn't expect that. I was thinking plus one seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I'll, I'll take it as well, and I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, I think it's going to be an incredible fight. The UFC, they said they got some fucking good fights rolling out for the start of the year, and they were not. No, lying. they really do. Yeah, they were not lying. Um. Also on this on this main card, um, really a notable name, I guess, Calvin Gastelum. I'm not going anywhere near that. I bet on him. Did you? <laughs> was, remember we both oh, his did. last fight. I thought you. Meant, yeah, you fucking told me. You said he's got him. Is there, did did he get finished in the first round? Yeah, it was quick. Damn it! I rem- Yeah, no, I remember. I was in. I was in Florida. And you're like, I was like, fuck it, I'll take him. Wait, no, maybe I wasn't. I'm thinking of something else. I mean, he's a big favorite now. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm gonna touch here is the main the main fight. Come on. Yeah, they frickin' had a take off one of the um Pedro Munez was supposed to fight some other guy and that got canceled because of COVID. Is that the flyweight? Yeah. Munoz knocked out Garbrandt that one time, remember? Right, yeah. I do. Like Garbrandt was on his third straight loss. Yeah. After that. Yep. I do remember that. Um But yeah, I mean look all all the fighters in the UFC are, are like it doesn't really matter if it's a main card or or fight night. They're all like it's a top in the world. Oh hell yeah! So like if you're bored and you want to watch something, it's probably even the prelims are going to be exciting. No, yeah, you look. You, these are people trying to make a living going out there. They're not. The sport has evolved so much that like there's real athletes in in the sport and like. There's a lot of – it comes down to experience for the guys who are really at the top, but yeah. everybody on there is um, serious professional athletes. It's yeah. not like it used to be. 100%. Damn, look at this card on March 6th. You've got Jam Blackovitz taking on Israel Adesanya. I fucking love Israel Adesanya. He, yeah, he it's might, for the light heavyweight title. He might be my favorite fighter in the game. Then you got Amanda Nunes taking on who – Megan Anderson, never heard of her, uh, but you want a lock, take Nunez. You'll got to risk a fucking, you got to risk your house to win a fucking pack of gum, but take Nunez. Uh, but then look at this for the Bantamweight title, Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good fight. Tiago Santos is fighting Rakic um, for the light heavyweight, well, not just in the light heavyweight division. Um, I mean, this is a fucking good card. They've even got like, like the up and coming guys, Carlos Ulberg, Kennedy, never heard of him. 
but I know Ulberg's undefeated. Um, yeah, this is going to be a damn good card. I mean, we saw what Peter Yan did to, uh, who was it? Was it Jose Aldo? Yeah, and Uriah Faber. And, yeah, well, yeah, he fucked Faber up. Peter Yan's a, an animal, but, I mean, obviously, Aljamain Sterling. I mean, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see when what the odds are when this one comes out. Yeah. But um, I'd definitely give him an advantage to Yan just because he's inter- a savage. I'm interested to see the the Jam Blackovitz and Israel Adesanya odds because Blackovitz wasn't expected. Who did he just beat? He beat um, Reyes. That's Knocked right, Dominic out. Reyes, right. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the favorite in that fight. Like he wasn't expected to be. No, Reyes. he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what the odds are here. But I surely do. I love Israel Adesanya. That dude is a beast. Um, hopefully he got his fucking nipple situation figured out because that was uncomfortable. Yeah, they never at. did say what that was, huh? <laughs> no, they just said that. Nah, don't talk about it. Um, but all right, so. Daytona 500 is on Sunday. NASCAR is back. If you remember last year, we got very big into NASCAR because it was the only thing we had. And it was the darkest days of this podcast, I got to (laughs) say. It was without a doubt the darkest days. I did not love it. Um, I was betting a lot of money on racers that I didn't even know. Um, So luckily, we have other sports to get through this time. Um. Like, looking back on that, that was such a good time and a bad time. Like, like I, I did not mind quarantine. I thought quarantine was fun. We Remember, we downloaded NASCAR. We bought, we all bought NASCAR, the video game. Yeah. That was good times. Um, But, yeah, so I am going to take uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. here. I think you are as well. We, we take Ricky Stenhouse Jr. every race. And one of these days. Yeah, so I'm probably going to go with, like, four or five guys. One of these days, we're going to get one with Stenhouse. But yeah, I'm always trying to, you know, get the best bang for the buck, you know. I'm going Stenhouse and Chase Elliott. What I know Stenhouse is twenty five to one. What's Chase Elliott? The favorite? Nine to one. He's a second to favorite. Yeah, give me Chase Elliott nine to one. Hamlin's the favorite. He won that last year after yep. the wreck. After Ryan Newman's wreck. That was yeah. bananas, dude. That was the first one we watched. The dude almost died. I I hadn't seen a wreck like that in fucking God knows how long. Um But yeah, no, I think uh Chase Elliott's like that guy who like you said, he won the cup last year. Um, I equated it to like like how they say Tom Brady. Uh, if you would bet Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl every year, you're up a shit ton of units. Just bet Chase Elliott to win. He's gonna win. He's gonna win more than most people. So I'll take Chase Elliott and then I'll take good old Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Who do you think you're going with? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Stenhouse is one of mine. It's a bigger, more of a long shot. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. Yeah, we were talking about him. He was good last year. Uh, I think he was a rookie last Kinda year. Kind of started racing better toward the end. Yeah, it was rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then I'm going to look at some. I'll probably go with Harvick at 12-1. to 1. I think Harvick, love Harvick is a little bit disappointed of how last season ended, so maybe this year he'll be. I mean, obviously, they're always trying to win, but he's got a little bit of extra motivation because he was in the lead at, toward the end and then yep. lost it. Yep. Um, Harvick's 12 to 1. Ricky Stenhouse is 25 to 1. Tyler Reddick's 50 to 1. So, obviously, you need to adjust. The way that you really want to do it is probably to win 
you want to win this the max amount for every bet, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Not really, but. So like you want to be, there's calculators on, on a bunch of, on the internet that can figure out how you can win like a hundred dollars on each one of these, but risk this, you know? Yeah. 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 So no matter who wins this race, if it's one of your four guys, you're going to win the, the max amount of money. So yeah, you're saying. So obviously you need to bet more on Kevin Harvick than yeah, you, you do Stenhouse. You're, you're saying come up with a number that you're looking to win to profit and then bet accordingly by the way the odds differ. So you're not betting the same. You're not betting $20 on every racer. You right. you might bet $12 on one guy and $18 on the other guy. But if either one wins, you make X amount of dollars. Exactly. Same, whatever X is for you. Yeah, that's probably a good strategy. Um, because it's not, it's not worth betting 50 bucks on Denny Hamlin and then 50 bucks on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. You know what I mean? I get, I, I feel like that's the gist of what you're saying. Yeah. And then I'm going to go with, um, Martin Truex Jr. is my fourth on that 17 to one. You like Truex too. Yeah. I think Truex is, is, is due for a big year this year. Does it have anything to play into it that, uh. Like you like Bass Pro Shops? No, no. <laughs> I hate Bass Pro Shops. Do you? Why? Yeah. Hate everything about them. Why is that? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You, you want to jump in the fountain? Um, no, but uh, freaking, it's gonna be a good race, probably. Alex Bowman's taking over Jimmy Johnson's number. He'll be oh, driving really? a 48. So. Yeah, I bet Jimmy Johnson so many times last year. He thinking couldn't get it tour. That stupid son of a bitch. He sucks. Um. <laughs> But yeah, if you've never watched a NASCAR race, you're missing out. They are they are exciting. Like, granted, you could take a nap at lap like 150, um, but no, I mean they are. There's a lot of wrecks. There's just so much more that goes into it than you think of. Oh, they're just driving around in a circle. Like, dude, they're fucking. They got to be locked in the whole time. Yeah, that's one of my least favorite things people say now. Yeah, like you got to worry about if your tires it's are wearing down. It's my sister's you gotta... boyfriend, dude. Always, if I'm watching NASCAR, he always comes up to me and says, "I can turn left better than you." Okay, yeah. Can you fucking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dude. I mean, you got to watch the fuck. Are your tires wearing down? Do we need to change all four? Do we change just the left side? Do we change the right side? Where's your fuel? It's about timing. It's yeah. about take. There's do we risk. push it? Do we push the fuel, hoping for a caution, or do we pit now? There's so much strategy that goes into it that most people don't even comprehend that it's like, dude, what they're able to do is wild. And there's so much more. All than these just guys the are multimillionaires. Yeah. For, you know, you reason. go look at Jeff Gordon's net worth or Dale Earnhardt's oh, yeah. net worth. You're going to realize that what they're doing is far more than just driving a race car in yeah. a circle. And it's so much more than just them, too. Like, the, oh, yeah. The pit crew. The team so many, matters. Yeah. And there's so much more that goes into it before the race even starts, too. Um, so yeah, no, I, I feel like anything that you pay attention to, everything that looks simple is normally never simple. So when you give it the time of day and you watch it and like actually try to like, like we weren't just like blindly betting on it. Like we tried to, it was the only thing we had. We try to make money in anything that we bet. Oh, the so, ones I gave out, these are some good picks. I mean, obviously I thought towards the end, Blaney looked good and he's up there. Joey Logano, obviously is one of the better racers. Chase Elliott, uh, who I'm not betting on. He's a, he has my favorite race car driver though, yeah. but no, yeah, you were on, you were big on Elliott last year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something that if you watch and I mean, it's not something that I would risk a whole bunch of money on, but I mean, it is fun. I'm telling you, it's, it's a whole pat- lot yeah. of fun, especially if you have a little bit of money on the race. Oh, the funnest shit ever was that time I had Ryan Blaney 
and he like scraped through the wreckage and fucking and Stenhouse was right there. What? Yes, yeah. that's right. No, yeah, that shit is fucking extremely exciting when you got money riding on it. It's just, I mean, they're fucking going so damn fast. They're fucking jostling with each other, dude. It, it's, and everybody, it's exciting. There's a lot of pl- people that are gonna have chances to win this race. I feel like, but you know, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'll definitely be tuned in watching. Um, it, it is, it's exciting. So you toss a little money on it. You you don't got to risk a ton, just something. And the good thing about it is, if you do pick the winner, you're winning a good chunk on a little bet. So, um. And we handed out winners quite a few times last. Like we went on a consecutive. No, we, were good. we went on a consecutive we weren't winner bad streak at all. of like six weeks in a row. We handed out a winner, um, and you got to think we went in completely cold turkey. Never watched NASCAR more than ten minutes at a time a day in my life. Um, and I still want to try to go to Talladega this year. Yeah, and another thing that we can start doing is like top three finishes and, and top yeah. five and stuff like that. And matchups, I used to bet them, but I don't know how many I gave out on the pod, but. I mean, that's a fun way to do it, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's more than just betting. I remember one time I had, like, I I had Jimmy Johnson uh, in, like, three different (laughs) matchups, and he won all three of them. Post-race inspection, he failed, and I lost them all. Oh, my God. That's right. I do remember that. And I was like, what the hell? Because, like, yeah, it was was terrible, (laughs) dude. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, um, it's, I mean, there's nothing we we don't just blindly give out picks. We try to, um, I mean, we're we're betting these picks, so we're not just giving you things like ah take that maybe you'll get lucky. Like we bet everything that we give out on this podcast. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it always will be. So if you hear us give out a pick, we put some thought into it. We've looked into it. Um, are some more reliable than others? Sure. Are we NASCAR aficionados? No. But we definitely yeah football is our strong suit yeah that's no that's where that's, we make money that's but no secret we obviously still like to have fun well yeah I mean gambling is it's just there's no turning it off it's just you either do it or you don't you got to keep your wits sharp yeah this so, is practice so um, be on the lookout maybe tune into the Daytona 500 and if you bet on a winner that we gave you you're welcome give us a little shout out on Twitter um, but yeah like I said. There's still things. These are the slow months that we are transitioning to, but um, there's still going to be things to bet on. We're still going to be doing a podcast. We might, we might, there might be some weeks where we do a podcast every other week, depending on what's going on. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. All I know is we're at the peak. We're we're at the height of college basketball, and we are. Um, I mean, March Madness. I can smell it. I was so mad when it got canceled last year. I, I remember saying. I was leaving work in Baton Rouge when they were, there was speculation that they were going to cancel the tournament. I was like, no way in hell are they going to cancel the March Madness tournament. Well, they did, like 20 minutes after I said it. And it just it absolutely ripped my heart out of my chest. Um, but it's been a long road, but we are here. March Madness, I can smell it. And we are going to break the bank. We are going to be at a sports book on the Gulf Coast. I don't know which one yet, but by all means, if you want to come hang out, going to be a good time for sure um unless we lose all of our bets like two years ago um but all right that's episode 73 you got anything to say before we go adios y'all have a good one who that?